to Harvest Australia podcast. We trust you will be blessed by this message from Senior Leader Marty Manuel. I want to speak on something really relevant to probably all of us in the room today. Uh, if you're a visitor from a different state, it wouldn't really be relevant. But if you're from South Australia, you would have heard all about our blackouts in the last couple of weeks or even the last month. This is not a political thing, right? This is not a trick. It's relevant, okay? And here's, here's the title of my message today. And um, for anyone who listens to this on podcast from interstate, because we do have a few, it's going to make really no sense at all. But he, here's, here's the message I got this week, and that is don't outsource your power. Now, bear with me, right? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it, it's okay. But there's a real message in this because in so much of modern Christianity, we outsource our power. It's not actually ours. It's not actually what we've cultivated ourselves. We don't own it. We haven't, we haven't earned it. We haven't necessarily gone into the prayer room and dug through the trials and the struggles and walked through that stuff ourselves. We, we like to read a, a book or grab a YouTube clip and have, and have an outsourced anointing come in and we want to all of a sudden walk in some glory when we haven't walked through those things. R.T. Kendall, who's I think in his early 80s now, great theologian and preacher, and, um, and writer, he's, he says it's crazy. He has people coming up to him all the time at conferences saying, I want your anointing. And he says, well, I'm in my early 80s. You walk through what I've walked through and you'll get my anointing. And, the, and, it's, and it's actually true. Now, we believe in impartation and we believe in laying on of hands. But ultimately, the deep character anointing that God wants to develop, there's something about the journey that he takes us through that cultivates the victory, that cultivates the authority. You cannot outsource that sort of stuff. In South Australia, if you don't know, we have, uh, you know, we've shut down all our coal-fired power stations to whatever. Um, but um, and we get a huge portion of our power from Victoria, and um, which is coal-fired, funnily enough. But anyway, um, but we have we have that portion that we really rely on. And when some things break down, we're left without power. And of course, it's in the news, and you know, right or wrong, that's just what's happened. And um, so we're in the situation where we are. Regularly, and obviously late last year, for a whole day or week or two weeks, some people, I believe, were absolutely without power. What do you do when the outsourcing stops? What do you do when you cannot get YouTube to give you your fill for the week? What do we do when the outsource power isn't on tap anymore for us? What if we couldn't go to church for a month? What if we couldn't be around people who are our encouragers and the ones who actually get in the trench with us and pull us out of our misery and encourage us? What do we do when we can't outsource the power anymore? What's left in our spirit? Are we still strong? Are we still capable of stirring up our own spirit and actually standing in the word of the Lord and going to the word ourselves? Or do we need someone to always lift us up and give us that encouragement? Nothing wrong with encouragement. But what I'm saying is I, I, I think that even as, as in the West, as our churches get 
better and prettier and bigger and, and brighter and all of those amazing things and we get better and better at doing church, we sometimes lose the very intimacy of us actually becoming intimate followers of Jesus personally, not just corporately. It's kind of easy in a setting like this to worship, but is it easy tomorrow morning? No, it's Monday morning. Bad example, but you know what I mean? It's a lot easier like this than when it's just you and him. It's a lot easier to even look like a good Christian in a, in a, in a bunch like this. You're great looking people and you smell nice. I was smelling all these different fragrances this morning thinking, isn't it amazing when you've got a whole big family coming together and there's these perfumes coming through and Karen and I have got our peppermint oil we're putting on our, in, and you know, just all sorts of good, good things. So, um, but... What happens when the outsourced power is switched off? When that person who is your real encourager or my real encourager or, or that, uh, I mean, one of the things is I, I get, this is just a little pet peeve here for a moment, I get annoyed when Bethel Church haven't uploaded their podcast for the week on time. <laughs> So then I go to the, you know, my second choice, <laughs> and then third and fourth, and we had someone annoyed ringing this week saying, why haven't you uploaded your podcast in the last few weeks? I'm like, in, from interstate. But it's great. They're hungry and we're the same. But ultimately, I can't live or die by those things. And, and the test comes for us when we're actually faced with something that we know in our human strength, we can't do it. We just can't do it. If you ever have to cast a demon out of a person, it will quickly tell you if you've been outsourcing your power or whether you've been getting it from him. I know for me, it's just one of those random things. doesn't happen very often, but when we have to pray for deliverance, it's like, okay, I'm glad I had some prayer this week and I've got the in-sourced power coming in because a human can't cast out a spirit. A human can't do it, but Jesus can. And so if we've been outsourcing our power from all different sources, which are, a lot of them are fantastic and they're good, but ultimately they are not our relationship with Jesus, are they? They're not. They're just sources of encouragement. But then when we get back to the fundamentals, we realize, actually, I've got to make sure that my time with him, my time with him is my source of power. That's my source of power. Otherwise, we're going to get caught short sooner or later. In uh, Galatians chapter 5, maybe turn to there and we'll just read from that for a moment. Galatians 5 verse 16. It says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, and all those other things. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we are live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. And 
this is a great summary of the difference between living with outsourced influences, outsourced Christianity, outsourced, almost, almost living uh, off a removed relationship with Jesus. And we can still be a Christian and we can still believe certain things. But if we actually want to function in his kingdom, then we actually have to operate as sons and daughters. And uh, rather than servants and rather than people who are still in the outer courts who know what's going on in the sanctuary, they know what's going on with the king and his people, but they never actually get in the sanctuary. They never actually get in the place of intimacy to say, actually, I want to start doing the stuff. I want to start living the kingdom. I don't just want to know about it. And I know a lot of you are the same. Uh, that's why you're here. It's, you, you have a hunger and a genuine desire to see God use you and encourage you and for you to be an encouragement to other people. But my encouragement today is, is maybe more of, uh, of, of just a, a little challenge to go that little bit deeper, that little bit deeper. Because um, what really happens to us, if you think about it, if, if, if in your situation where you get the most source of encouragement or your connection to even Christians. What if there's a blackout? What if there's a blackout? And all I mean is what if that tap gets turned off somehow, that that isn't any longer? And we see a lot of people and, uh, it's, it, you know, sometimes when we're in our youth, we have a boldness and a, and a fire for God and we realize he's real. And so we go for him for a few years and then you know, maybe things happen or things aren't quite as exciting anymore. You know, it's really hard to keep church exciting for Christians in the West. It's really hard. Uh, I mean, you, there's websites. You can troll through website after website which are teaching pastors how to keep their people in the church. Now, we have a book called the New Testament that hopefully shows us that. But there's a lot of strategy that goes into this thing. We don't apply a lot of it, but there's a lot of it out there, a lot of strategy just to keep believers in church. Why? Because so many people have outsourced power rather than insourced power, rather than sourcing it from Jesus Christ himself. See, the truth is that, and we wouldn't have lasted as long as we have to get to where we are now, and we've got a long journey to go yet, but we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to survive that if it was always just outsourced power. It's got to come from the motivation of Jesus Christ. He has to be our motivator. And my encouragement to you today is let him be your motivator. Whatever situation you're going through, if there's struggles or questions or maybe you don't know what career to do or maybe you're not sure about the next horizon or the next chapter of life, let Jesus be your motivator, not man. Let Jesus be the one. So go to him. Go to him. Ask him. Hopefully that, that at that place, now sometimes it takes time. I know for me that, you know, nine times out of ten, I won't necessarily hear anything from the Lord when I'm praying. I might sense a few little things, but, you know, often it's just an offering of prayer and me communicating with Him. Well, that's the journey. That's the journey of seeking Him out, isn't it? And a lot of us do that regularly. And I was in the toilet here during the week on Tuesday morning at nine o'clock and I could hear the whole prayer group going. It's like thunder in that room. And, um, and it was just a great Great thing to realize that, you know, prayer going up. And, and that's because those guys have insourced Jesus and motivated by him and they want to seek him. And, and we love that. And we know that you want that as well. But I, I do believe that there is coming a time 
where no, none of our methods, none of our styles, none of our persuasions or anything like that is really going to cut it anymore. It's got to be authentic Jesus. It's got to be authentic Jesus. And, you know, it's funny if you think about it, we, we, we all have certain styles and there's nothing wrong with that. And we have our own style as a church and different churches. But none of that will do anything spiritual. So if we ever need to win a spiritual battle, all of that counts for nothing. The only time when if we're in a spiritual battle, if we need healing, if we need deliverance, if, if we need a breakthrough, if there's something that we need the hand of God to do, all of the other stuff that we do as church and Christians doesn't count other than the spiritual investment we have with Jesus. It's all that matters, isn't it? So that's where we want to invest our time. That's where we want to be putting our time. That's where we want to, you know, ask the Lord, okay, I, I, need, I need breakthrough in this area or, or I'm seeking you for this or thanking him for various things. And like I said, for me, nine times out of ten, I may not hear a lot. That's okay. It, we just do what, do what we need to do. I was in the sauna last night sweating away at 60 degrees, just praying in tongues because I didn't have too much else to, to pray about and um, or I couldn't really get, gather my thoughts. So just half an hour of praying in tongues, praying in tongues. And you work up a sweat praying in tongues in the sauna, believe me. And, um, but it's, it's one of those things that if, if you ever need motivation, if you ever need help, then use the gifts he's given you. Prayer, pray in tongues, worship, all of these things. They're very simple and they're available to all of us. I want to give you a business analogy today. And um, this is sort of where the rubber hits the road in, in Galatians chapter 5, I think. Um, in, in um, okay, let, yeah, let's give you a business example. In my business, our business was a manufacturing business, and we manufactured pipes, as Ryan said. And you have pipes in your lineage, so that's good to hear, Ryan. You're in. <laughs> um, but we, we manufactured things. So we bought in raw materials from all over Australia, all over the world, and in the end, China, <laughs> as most people do. And then you bring it in, and then you, you, we put the materials together to make fiberglass pipe. And um, one thing that I, I always loved is that manufacturing is creating something from nothing or creating something from all sorts of little bits and pieces, manufacturers develop it. And, um, um, you know, that's just my bent. So I, I love manufacturing. But I also love manufacturing in the kingdom because people who are manufacturers are actually people who bring together the resources that they need and they produce something. Now, I'm not talking about just doing something to please everyone else. What I'm talking about is we take the word of God we take the kingdom tools, the armor of God, the different things that God's given us, and we actually then do something with it. We become active people in the kingdom of God. Some others maybe, and you know, I've had seasons in my life, I've been like this, where I've been more of a wholesaler. Now, wholesalers don't make anything. There's nothing wrong with wholesalers. Some wholesalers make fantastic amounts of money and are really good at it. But it's not manufacturing. It's not producing. And in the kingdom of God, we're meant to be people who actually manufacture. Of course, God gives us all the ingredients, and you've got to bear with me in my parallels here. But ultimately, I believe his desire is to tell us, give us the recipes, give us the ingredients and say, okay, now you guys are the ones who are actually going to help create this kingdom. You're going to help create the atmosphere. You're going to help create 
releasing of the demonstration of God. So he actually is requiring you and me to be the participants in this kingdom. And it's strange because we can't see the kingdom, we can't define it, but you and me are in the kingdom of God. And so when we learn to walk in the Spirit, when we learn to use the things He's given us, then we demonstrate the kingdom. And all of a sudden, people begin to see the kingdom operating through us. And so there's a big difference between if we're a Christian manufacturer or a Christian wholesaler. And if you want to be even shallower, you then become a Christian retailer. And all you do is just sort of on-sell everyone else's quotes. You on-sell everyone else's beliefs and their faith. They've paid the price for it, but you're just on-selling it. And that's what we don't want to be. We want to be those who actually get to the grassroots of things so it's, so it's authentic. And I believe a, a litmus test, a real test of this for me comes when it can only be a supernatural thing that's the answer. Because we can come up with all sorts of answers for a whole lot of other things. And you'll know it. If you've been in a time of desperation, if you've been in a time where you've just, it, the only thing is an answer from the Lord, that's the place. That's the manufacturing factory. That's the manufacturing room. That's the process line right there and then. And that's where we need to stay. We need to stay in that place, don't we? It's so easy when we're in a desperate crisis to seek God and ask him, God, save me, save us in this situation. He says, wow, that's the place I want you. That's the place where I can create something, where I can release the kingdom. The recipes of heaven are yours now because you're yielding to me and you're finally coming into that place. And I I believe this is what Galatians is talking about in walking in the spirit. And Paul's reminding us here that actually the flesh wars against the spirit. If you've ever wondered why it's harder to pray consistently than just about anything else, I mean, you think about it. It's easier to go out and water the garden. It's easier to go out and check the letterbox. I mean, none of these jobs we enjoy. It's easier to go and put the garbage out sometimes. It's easier to go and do a whole lot of very mundane things. Why is prayer so hard? Why is prayer so hard to consistently seek the Lord day in and day out? Because we have an enemy and he uses anything and everything he possibly can, including our own humanity, our own flesh and blood, to make it feel like it's a hard thing to do when it's not. It's the releasing point of manufacturing something great in us, that point there. And so when we recognize that when we're to walk in the spirit, we need to feed the spirit. Where we sow, we will reap. If we sow in the Spirit, we will reap from the Spirit. If we sow in the flesh, we will reap the flesh. And we don't want to reap the, the, the flesh because it's ultimately it's decay. Decaying of our spirit, then decaying of our flesh, or vice versa, whichever way it happens. But it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, stand firm and do not be again subject to a yoke of slavery. This is what Paul's saying is, that even though the fleshly things, the law, even though some of those things may be tempting and may seem easier, if we live by the Spirit, that's where ultimately our freedom lies. That's where our true freedom as children of God, that's where it lies. It's not in all the doing. It's not in all the things that we can quote and all the things. It's not in you know who we know and what, where we've been, and what we look like, what we sound like, all of that stuff is completely irrelevant if you need to be healed from an illness. It's only a supernatural touch of God that can actually help us through the real issues of life 
the real issues of life, the things that really count. And so, so often we go to other sources, don't we? And that's really what I want to encourage us today, that your and my source of power is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He's a person. He's a person. You can't outsource him. I've tried. I've tried reading a book on the anointing and then going and praying for someone and expecting that same result just because I'm full of faith now and there's nothing wrong with that, but nothing happened because that person had spent some significant time manufacturing their relationship in a right sense with Jesus and tapped into something that I didn't do. Now, again, I still believe in impartation and all that sort of stuff, but I don't believe impartation is a fast-forward, fast-drive-through version of Christianity where we can get whatever we want whenever we want. Because that's just, that's just not reality and it's not the kingdom. Do you know, there's a, this funny concept in Scripture, and we don't hear a lot about it, it's, but it, it, it plagues me continually, actually. Um, but... It's actually the concept of rewards in heaven. I don't know if you've ever thought about it. But we know that if we are saved, if we believe in Jesus and if we confess our sins, then Jesus will wipe our sin clean. He will judge us as free and, and clean sons and daughters and he will allow us into heaven. That's the simple gospel. But then there's this next stage where there's rewards in heaven. And I want to just sort of throw this out there that um, uh, there's a uh, Calvinism, for example, may may teach that once saved, always saved, and and some people would question that. And you know, I've still got my own version, if you like. I'll write about it in 20 years, 30 years when I'm grayer and wiser. Um, but then, if we if we look at it, and we actually say, well, ultimately, maybe you cannot lose your salvation. Maybe that's true, but maybe you can lose your rewards. And if you think about that, then there's a motivation for us to get with Jesus and to actually say, actually, Lord, not, not just so that we can be sitting at the head of the table, but the Bible talks about being rewarded in heaven, doesn't it? You can read it. You can do a little word search. You'll find it. I've found it four or five times in the last few weeks and just thinking on being rewarded in heaven because God loves to reward those who are faithful. He loves to let everyone in who's a son and a daughter. And then he rewards those who are exceptionally faithful. You cannot receive rewards from outsourcing our power. It can only come from Jesus Christ through his spirit, through his word. It's the only source of anything real. If we're outsourcing stuff, and like I talk about podcasts and books and stuff like that, all of that I find is encouragement. But if, if I was preaching to you everything that I've just been listening to, you know, all the time, and I specifically don't do that. Every now and then I'll quote something. But if I've listened to something this week, I'll specifically take a different avenue so that um, that doesn't become what I'm just dishing out. That's what a wholesaler or a retailer does, just listens to someone and gives you that stuff. But that, that's not actually the word of the Lord. That's not what he's wanting to say to us. And, you know, take that in however you need to take it. But ultimately, we need fresh bread and we need it straight from him. Straight from him. It can't come from anywhere else. It can't come from any... If it does, then it will be a diluted Christianity. And this 
is what the temptation of the Western church has, I believe, a challenge facing it. And that is to, to dilute things down enough to gather so enough people to, to do whatever we want to do as, as churches and all of those things are good and I'm not even pointing fingers at any one particular group because we're all in this ship, right? We're all in it. Ship. <laughs> but if we, if we dilute it down too much... We dilute the very supernatural hand and presence of God, which is the one thing that we're going to be screaming out for in a certain period of time when the world might not look like it does now. I don't know what's going to happen, but there's shakings and bakings and things going along around in the world now. And, you know, there'll, there'll be other ones that we'll hear about. There'll be wars and rumors of wars. The Bible talks about in the end times there'll actually be someone who is very, very prominent and he'll deceive even the elect and he'll come with false signs and wonders. I haven't seen this person yet, necessarily. I can't think of it. But, but these kind of times are going to get challenging and, and let me tell you, our nice buildings and our nice music is not going to cut it. But the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit will be what we need. And, and if we don't have it, we're going to be running to it. Because we'll need to be tapped into that power line, the local power line. And we'll need to be absolutely tapped in and get his presence and his power and his word and all of those things. And so you can actually see God will use it. He'll use it any way he needs to use it. But why not be tapped in now in a greater way so that we're primed, we're ready, so that we're mature, so that we're actually walking in this stuff now. Whether there's a need or no need, our motivation should be our saviour. He's our motivation, isn't he? Not me, not anyone else, not whether someone's looking or not looking. He needs to be our motivation. If he's not our motivation, then start having fun with him. Start having fun with him. If it's hard work, start, just go down the beach. And, and while you're swimming, just begin to pray. That's time with him. If, if, you're, if you're thinking is that um, Marty's just saying, okay, now I need half an hour every morning with... Oswald Chambers and then the Bible and then this and rah, rah, rah. Uh, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Get with Jesus. That's what I'm saying. However it looks, however it sounds, you might be in the sauna or whatever, wherever location you need to find him, then just go. Go. Go to the forest. Go to the beach. Go whatever it might be. Put your worship music on or, you know, come to prayer on Tuesday morning or any different place where you plug in to his power source and where there's joy attached to it, not dread. Because we don't want to be dreading him, do we? If there's dread attached, have a think about it. Change atmosphere, change location. Sometimes I'll do that if, if the routines just go a bit long. Then I'll, okay, go down the beach or go somewhere else or maybe go for a drive or whatever it might be. Just so you just break this thing up. Because Jesus is not just in your lounge room or in your bedroom or in that prayer spot I don't know if you like me but I have a routine I just sort of sit in the same spot same cushion on the same side and everything's the same and then I realize hang on hang on so you know it's just one of those things isn't it but we got to get with him and when we really plug into him when every single one of us plugs into him in a deeper way then the authentic life of Jesus Christ flows out of us, not an outsourced. Because you know what? You can't have a secondhand anointing. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. 
I've tried it. <laughs> I have. I've tried it. You know, uh, no, nah, rabbit trail. <laughs> Let's stand. And just close your eyes. I want to pray a corporate prayer over us today. And um, if you want to plug in, just lift your hands if you can or just posture yourself in a place to, to reconnect. Reconnect with him as your power source. No one else, nothing else, even though all those other things are good things. Ultimately, we need Jesus. We need his power. We need his life. And nothing else is really going to cut it when it counts. And so, Lord Jesus, we acknowledge your presence here this morning with us. We acknowledge your angels. We acknowledge you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you right now. We ask that you'd come and help us. Any who are struggling or doubting or have fears or distractions and things that Keep taking us away from you. Lord, we pray you would come and you would show us your joy in your presence. You would show us your life in your presence. You would show us your truth in plugging into you. Lord, we just cast aside anything that's distracting, any outsourcing, any, any wholesaling of, of the truth, the really authentic person of Jesus Christ. He's here with you right now. Right now, Jesus is here. Think about it. Your Savior, your Redeemer, your lover, the one you're going to spend eternity with is here right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray even today that, Lord, we would plug directly into your power source, directly into your life source. If we've been getting it from other external agencies or angles. Lord, we just remove that today. We repent of that. And Lord, we plug directly into you, Jesus, your bloodline, your bloodline. And when we plug into the bloodline of Jesus automatically, his DNA becomes our DNA. His power becomes our power. His kingdom becomes our kingdom. And so, Lord, we choose to plug in today. We receive the inheritance as the sons and daughters of Jesus, of the Father, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, Holy Spirit, we pray today that you would come and fill us again. Fill us again. Fill us again. If you're hungry for that, just begin asking him. Just begin asking him. And uh, you don't need to be shy. It's okay. You just begin to ask Him. You can, you can do whatever you need to do, but just ask Him for His flow, for His power source, for His life, for His words, for His anointing, for whatever, whatever He puts on your heart. So Lord, we ask You for that today. We ask You for that this morning. We ask for a fresh flow of the Spirit, a fresh flow of the Holy Spirit this morning, that You would flow through us, flow through us, in a fresh new way as we plug in, Lord Jesus, as we plug into you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.